Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, hello. You're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. First of all, welcome and thank you so much for listening. I've only been at this podcasting game a few short months and there are so many people out there downloading it and I hope getting great information and strategies and tips and advice and entertainment from yours truly, and I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, Coming off of last week's episode, number 16, which was one of my monthly You Asked For It audio advice columns, I wanted to take this week to dive into a question that I've been asked a few times by a few different people, uh, not just since I started the podcast, but over the years since I started writing my books, and that's a question about the privilege of not giving a fuck. And more specifically, whether not giving a fuck and the methods that I put forward is possible when you don't enjoy the same level of privilege that I personally do. So today I want to talk about a few different ways of looking at this issue. I hope that they are helpful and empathetic ways. I'll give examples of what I see as ways to practice not giving a fuck and self-care with fewer resources and less privilege available to you. And I'll talk about ways to pursue mental health care, which is a little different than self-care and may not be the most direct or expensive routes you could take, but still might help you. And uh, I'm going to address the frustration from some readers and listeners behind wanting to make big changes that have so many reverberations for people other than themselves that it feels impossible to even consider Uh, This goes out to people who feel trapped by their circumstances in all kinds of ways, but in particular, a listener who wrote to me about uh, putting her family's needs above her own. And as always, listen to the end for your NFG tip of the week. And before I get rolling, just a reminder, you can always visit nofucksgivenguides.com for more info on my books and journals and for the show notes to the podcast and links and downloads to anything I might mention on each episode. Related, somebody wrote to me today and said that I mention my books and my website too often on here, and all I have to say is I have a wealth 
of no fucks given universe strategies and tips available to you guys, and I am not shy about telling you where to find it. So nofucksgivenguides.com for all of your no fucks given needs. And now let's get started on episode 17, which is all about privilege in self-help and wellness, self-care, mental health care, and how you can make not giving a fuck work for you. As I mentioned, last week was my monthly audio advice column, You Asked For It, and I got a question that I felt required an entire episode to answer. One listener asked, does giving no fucks require certain privileges? For example, you, Sarah, are a Harvard graduate, a white U.S. citizen. I would add to that not to mention cisgender and heterosexual. How about people who don't have education or financial security or stable family and social networks? I'm not trying to challenge your approach. Instead, I just want to double check if you believe that your approach to not giving a fuck also works for less privileged people. I hope that it does. And another person wrote to me a bit more bluntly, so many of the self-help, put-yourself-first type of things are geared towards single people who can quit their jobs and move and do whatever the fuck they want. I'm fucking tired of listening to people that can do this and tell people to do it when they don't think about all this other stuff. Well, I want these listeners and all of you guys to know that I hear you, and I think it's important to talk about this stuff, especially as it relates to the self-help and wellness industries, because that is what they are, industries. They want you to spend your time, energy, and money, your fuck bucks, on their products and their services, and industries don't really care whether it works for you. Um, I do care, and one reason I feel good about my place in the self-help world, even though it is my career and I do make money off of it, and I hope that people are out there buying my books, is that at least a self-help book is a one-time layout for a reader for a lifetime of knowledge. And this podcast is totally fucking free, so that's how I sleep at night. Um, but still, I have some regrets and some things that I would have done differently if I had known then what I know now when I started down this path of giving out advice and, and writing self-help books. And I just want you to know that I am constantly thinking about and evolving and really trying to address the inequality and the lack of privilege among the people who are out there and so curious about and in some cases so desperate for this kind of help and want to try to make it as accessible as I can. In today's episode, I'll mostly be speaking to financial privilege because that's what I feel most qualified to address. Um, I very clearly remember what it was like growing up with less than many of my peers and also struggling to make ends meet right up through my late 20s. Um, and I'd like to believe that I have empathy for those who had or have it much worse than I ever did. But it's easy from where I sit now financially and also from the perspective of my overall privilege to get carried away, you know, giving what I know to be great actionable advice before realizing that it might be too expensive or otherwise just out of reach or impossible for some people to take. So I want to discuss that today and hopefully offer some helpful alternatives. And I also don't want to ignore issues of racial privilege and class privilege and other systemic privilege from which I, a straight, cisgender, white woman, benefit. Um, I know there are folks listening today who belong to marginalized groups who both suffer more acutely than I ever could and also don't have as much access to mental health care and overall wellness than I do. 
or who belong to cultures or religions or families that may be antagonistic or fearful or unsupportive. And I feel a little bit out of my depth talking about that kind of thing, to be honest, and more likely to make missteps as I fumble my way through it. But at the end of the day, just talking about it is a big part of what I can offer you. Destigmatizing mental health issues and just by virtue of putting my advice out there on this podcast, making it accessible to people who couldn't get the information or the support anywhere else. And I also hope that I'm helping make those who do share my privilege think a little more about how, you know, relatively easy it is for them to go through the world and to be more aware of how their privilege blinders could be causing inadvertent harm to other people, people they care about, or even just, you know, humanity as a whole. So just to give you some context and something that actually does keep me up at night sometimes, when I wrote my first book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, it was back in the summer of 2015, and I made a list of things that I personally do not give a fuck about in order to illustrate to readers, you know, something that you don't care about and you don't want to spend your time, energy, and money on, or you don't want to worry about. And one of the things on my list was the fact that Donald Trump is currently the frontrunner for the Republican nomination. And the reason that at the time I did not give a fuck about it was because I did not think in a million years that Donald Trump was going to win the Republican nomination and become an actual candidate for president. I did not think it was going to happen. I had no control over it because I'm not a registered Republican, so I don't vote in Republican primaries. And it was just this off-the-top-of-my-head example of something in my life, you know, at the moment, that I did not want to spend my fuck budget on. Of course, in the years since, I have really regretted the cavalier attitude I showed toward that particular scenario because, you know, look where we went from there. Um, and I've realized that a big part of why I did not give and, and felt like I didn't have to give a fuck about how that all turned out was because... As unappealing as, you know, a Trump presidency was, it did not signal an existential threat to me. I was privileged to be able to think of it as impossible and laughable, you know, privileged to be able to joke about an outcome that was, at the time, far more alarming to the people that it would affect far more than it would affect me if it happened. Um I mean, of course, in some ways, any conservative agenda threatens my reproductive rights as a woman. But let's be real, you know, my wealth and status and connections and education mean that I would always have access to options that others would not. And I have often thought about the people who are picking up that book that is now almost six years old and reading it and perhaps thinking, you know, wow, she was really insensitive to this um, and her privilege is showing. So I like to think I've made some progress on that since 2015, recognizing and speaking to audiences with different experiences. Um, but these questions persist. I get them all the time. So coming up, I want to have a really frank conversation with you about the privilege of not giving a fuck. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, just as a reminder to anyone who hasn't been with me since the beginning on this, not giving a fuck is not caring about something. But it is also not giving your fucks in the form of your time, energy, and money to those things. And, you know, I want you to sit down and declutter your mental barn and set aside the things that bring you joy, but also cast away the things that annoy. However, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I know that there are some things that annoy us that we still have to give our precious fuck bucks to because they serve us. So for example, we may be very annoyed about the job that we get up and go to every day, but we need the income, so we have to do it. So that doesn't get to get cast out of your mental barn, although there are ways to mitigate that annoyance and to find time, energy, and money in your fuck budget to do some things for yourself that will balance it out. Um, The concept of what serves you often has to do with financial issues, income, uh, with being uh, respectful, in some cases subservient to an unreasonable boss because you need the job or the promotion, um, and also issues of childcare. You know, people who have families have a lot of built-in items in their fuck budget that they cannot cast off even if they wanted to. So I do understand that, and I hope to help you find some workarounds. The first is that it might be helpful to look at the concept of not giving a fuck as what is possible within the bounds of your life. You know, perhaps you have to kowtow to an unreasonable boss or an unreasonable client because you can't afford to lose your job, or you have to spend many hours a day tending to your family's needs. But are there any hours in the day or days in the week, I mean, frankly, even minutes in the day, that are yours to do with what you please or, in the case of not giving a fuck, what you don't please? And then how can you maximize the value of those moments for yourself by mental decluttering, uh, discarding unwanted tasks, invitations, interactions, people, and organizing your life and that free time around spending your time, energy, and money on what does make you happy? And this doesn't have to be extensive, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be going for a half an hour walk. It could be reading a magazine. It could be calling a friend, um, you know, watching a single TV show, or even just staring out the window for 10 minutes or eating a donut. And those are examples of things that you could do uh, instead of stuff you don't give a fuck about. Like, say you want to spend that half hour on a walk instead of tidying your bedroom because you'd rather get fresh air than make your bed and put your laundry away today. Um, Or you want to zone out to the birds on the fire escape instead of changing a busted light bulb right this very moment. So there are ways to think about not giving a fuck in terms of not spending your time, energy, and money on things that don't make you happy or things that don't serve you, and then adding into your fuck budget room for those things that do make you happy and do serve you. And like I said, they don't have to be extensive and they don't have to be expensive. 
So not giving a fuck, at least my version of it, is really about optimizing what you do have and what you can control. And I hate myself a little bit for using the word optimizing, but at least I'm not talking about your journey. And all of this is to say, you know, to the listener who asked about whether or not giving a fuck is possible for people whose circumstances are less culturally or systemically or economically privileged than mine, for example, the answer is I very much think and hope so. Um, You know, it's not going to look the same for all of us. My own financial circumstances have changed so much for the better since I was a young adult, but there are built-in things like my whiteness and my Americanness and my access to education that have given me an advantage from the get-go. Um, And I really try to factor that in when I'm writing and talking to you guys because I know that I have blind spots and I'm always happy to be questioned and challenged on them and just forced to find new ways of delivering the liberating and empowering life-changing magic to anyone who wants and needs it in ways that work for them. Um, I'm also going to address the frustration from that other listener Uh, about people who say, don't give a fuck and do what you want and do it for yourself, but they're not thinking about all of the challenges that other people face. I am going to get to that a little later in this episode. But for now, um, speaking of things that look different uh, for different people, I want to talk some more about self-care. What is it and how you can practice it regardless of your particular circumstances in life? I mentioned on an earlier episode of the No Fucks Given podcast that I am not one of those pedantic people on the internet who debates whether true self-care is having a regular therapist or just taking regular bubble baths. Um, I prefer, rather than to shit on anyone's version of self-care, whether it's, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's $500 infrared sauna blanket or my friend who takes free ice baths in his own tub— Um, I'm here to say that whatever works for you financially, physically, psychologically, emotionally is self-care. And of course, there is privilege inherent in having access to expensive or time-consuming methods of self-care. But you don't have to have that level of access to be able to find things that fit the bill for you. And I hope that I'm getting that across without being in any way flipped or condescending. Um, You know, just for me, a $3 scented vanilla candle from the bargain bin at Target and lying down in a dark room for 20 minutes brings me almost as much peace as like a spa day and a fraction of the cost and the hassle. And I can afford the cost and the time, but sometimes I'd rather just a $3 candle and lay down in a dark room for 20 minutes. Um, And I hope examples like this are helpful in terms of opening your mind to the possibilities that feel within reach for all aspects of your personal fuck budget. Um, Unlike most of the products and services that are being actively sold to us by the wellness industry day in and day out, which is all about taking your money, as I said, they're not really that concerned with whether it helps you. They just want you to spend that sweet, sweet cash money and keep the capitalism machine going. But, you know, it's also not just time and money. It's energy, too. That's one of your three primary resources. And, you know, I don't know about you, but even if I could afford it, I do not have the verve to take up horseback riding or whatever the fuck as self-care. But basically, the point I want to make here is that self-care and not giving a fuck and doing things that make you happy um, is something that I really do hope is available 
to everyone, regardless of their level of privilege. And the idea behind my books and the podcast and all of the interviews I give and the advice that I give is to find whatever works for you. Let's find it for you because I want you to be helped, as I said, by this life-changing magic. But I also want to be very, very clear that self-care could be different from mental health care. Um, For me, these are all tied up in one naughty, grizzled old piece of rope. Uh, My self-care routine, or whatever you call it, the things that I do to make myself feel good, uh, that I put into my fuck budget that bring me joy and that serve me, feeds into my overall mental health. I've been very open uh, with you guys about my anxiety and panic disorder. I have bouts of depression. It got really bad last summer. And I manage those in different ways, including what you might call just self-care, but also what is most definitely mental health care. And in the past, I have seen doctors and therapists. I've purchased prescription medication. I've been able to take sick days off from work. uh, And I have benefited enormously from my access uh, to those things and from my privilege in being able to do them. Additionally, as you might know, I moved from New York City to the Dominican Republic five years ago, and I've managed to keep up most of my medical routine living in the DR where someone like me has, you know, the money to spend to go through the residency process. And I can easily pay to see a doctor and spend a small amount, particularly in comparison to what I used to spend in the U.S., to maintain my medications. Um, But for a local, on a local salary or with undocumented status, Those things would be difficult, if not impossible. So I know that it is not easy for everyone, um, though I do still always recommend talking to a professional therapist or doctor if you can afford it, because if you're on your way or having a severe mental health crisis, that is the responsible advice for someone like me to give. But I do know it's not always possible. Um, And this is why you might also hear me recommend on this podcast, online therapy. It's still financially out of reach for many, but it is a viable alternative for other people, and that's the goal, to keep talking about mental health and keep letting people know what's out there that might help them um, at a slightly cheaper price. And then, you know, even talking to a friend who has gone to therapy would be helpful for you, and that's totally free. Um, I doubt that your friend would charge you in a time of crisis, but maybe even just the cost of a cup of coffee or a cupcake, and you could walk away from that conversation with some good information and some good perspective and also just some good old-fashioned human contact, which is so important in terms of maintaining your mental health. I actually even started something new during my pandemic year because I needed to add some more tools to my anxiety toolbox. Um, I took up meditating and I do that through an app. And there are millions of apps at varying prices. So you might want to just load up on your phone and give it a shot for a week or two. Uh, That kind of counts under the double umbrella of both mental health care and self-care for me at least. So that's something that I recommend. Um, to folks whose fuck budgets are a little bit tight. And don't forget that I give a lot of tips and techniques uh, on this podcast, particularly episodes 10 and 11, which were all about controlling what you can and letting go of what you can't and prepping yourself for shitstorms of all varieties and managing anxiety 
and mental health. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to episodes 10 and 11 of the No Fucks Given podcast. They are free. Um, and there's a lot of great info in there. Basically, I'm trying in whatever small way I can uh, to make mental health care more accessible and to destigmatize it and just share information and spread the privilege that I have as someone who uh, can afford to research and experiment with treatment and tell you what's worked for me and give you some ideas, but also just someone who has a platform to talk about this kind of stuff because I don't have a fear of being shunned or misunderstood or retaliated against by my employer or my family. Um, and so to the original listener, you know, who asked about my level of privilege and how it allows me to not give a fuck, uh, it also allows me to be really open about mental health, about struggles and about solutions so that people who maybe are part of cultures or systems or family units that don't uh, respect that kind of thing, don't know enough about it or are suspicious of it, can listen to me talk about it and get the information and just the kind of support that they're not getting from other people in their lives. So I hope that it's helping. Um, and I'm going to take it back now to that busy mom who was very frustrated by people like me encouraging her to do what makes her happy, seemingly without regard for the challenges she faces. And just before I get to that reminder that these questions came in to my You Asked For It audio advice column. So you can submit your own questions to podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com and then follow the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. So you'll get every episode as soon as it lands, uh, including episode 20, which will be the next You Asked For It. And you will find out if I answered your question. Um, and if you like what you heard, you can go back and listen to those monthly episodes number four, number eight, number 12, and number 16, just to get a feel for all kinds of more specific and personal listener questions that I've addressed. Okay, so moving on to when you giving or not giving a fuck affects other people and stops you from being able to do or not do what you want. Um, that listener question from earlier went on to say, what if I want to move to a tropical climate like you did, but I have a husband and two kids in school? My husband is a teacher. My kids are in sixth and ninth grade. Because of the fucked up education system, my husband won't be paid as much and will lose some of his retirement benefits if we move. My job relies on clients and referrals, and I've put 20 years of work to build up my client base. My kids are in school with their friends and enjoy going to our particular school system. So basically, we're stuck here. And while I already give no fucks about a lot of things, I do give a fuck about my family's happiness. What am I supposed to do? And again, I totally get it. And I also get that this uh, listener was probably blowing off a little bit of steam when they dashed off this email. Um, but I've talked about this before, and I want to be empathetic to your situation, but also give you some no bullshit practical advice, which is what I'm here for. Um, and that's to say, I'm not so sure you are stuck, even if you feel stuck. And I say that as someone who felt stuck uh, five years ago by a career that I had been deeply invested in for 15 years. Um, I felt stuck by the financial stability that I had and had only had for a relatively short period of time and that was so important to me. Um, and I felt stuck 
in the idea of going into the uncertain unknown and the enormity of the changes that I was contemplating by leaving my career behind to go freelance and also the equally enormous logistics of getting all of that done. I felt stuck, but I wasn't stuck in the end. And here I will say, I do not have kids, so that's a big difference. But, you know, I know many expat families now who have moved their kids to the tropics or elsewhere. You know, friends of mine that have uprooted and moved to the UK, um, not a tropical climate, but a place that they wanted to live uh, and brought their two kids with them because it was what mom and dad wanted to do. And, you know, tough shit. It's an adventure. You'll be fine. Uh, you know, I don't mean to be to be flip there, but, you know, you are the parent and you are in charge. So the way I see it, you have two choices. Either you can try to make this tropical move happen or you can decide that you don't want to. And if in your heart of hearts you really do want to make it happen, uh, it always helps logistically and psychologically to approach it in small, manageable chunks, which is something else I'm always just banging the drum on in this podcast. Uh, maybe this is a six-year plan for when your youngest has graduated from high school. You know, it might make you feel better to know that you have something on the horizon, a project and a plan, and not only that, but the time in which to get it done in a way that isn't super chaotic and really disorganized and tons of money up front. So you could think about it that way. You know, I really want to do this, but I'm okay with doing it in a few years when my kids are no longer one of my primary uh, hurdles to getting it done. That also helps in terms of the financial planning. You know, personally, I planned for 365 days a full year when I was finally ready to quit my job because I knew I was going to need to save up some money to feel like I could, you know, jump off the cliff and go freelance. And I did the math and I figured out that I could save a certain amount of money per day every day for 365 days and have my cushion. Some people can't put aside that much money a day. Some people can put aside more. It takes you less time. It takes you more time. But it's really good to have that plan, and it feels really good to accomplish it and to see, you know, your goal being met closer and closer day by day. And again, since I started out this podcast talking about privilege, I also want to acknowledge that the whole just stop buying your Starbucks and your avocado toast and you'll be able to buy a house is a really facile way for uh, money managers, financial gurus, and self-help folks like me to talk about money to people who really just don't have it. Um, but I do think that there are ways to look at just even the smallest, most manageable chunks. Even a dollar a day is $30 a month, and that's something. It's not nothing. Um, so it sounds like for the particular listener who wrote in that they do have a, a two-income family and, you know, that this is the kind of thing that maybe they would be able to uh, find a little room somewhere else to uh, take away and start putting aside and doing some financial planning for, as I said, a big move that is at this point perhaps six years down the line. And remember what I said earlier, you know, not giving a fuck is about what you do have access to and can control. 
Uh, there was a period of time in my life where all I wanted was to be living on a tropical uh, island somewhere, but I couldn't. I couldn't be doing it. I was in the middle of that career I mentioned. I wasn't yet ready to take the risk of giving it up. I wasn't yet ready to take the financial risk. And I actually poured uh, a bunch of craft sand into a cat litter box and kept it under my desk at my Manhattan office building so that I could slip off my shoes and bury them in the sand and feel like I was at the beach because not only was that a mode of self-care that helped me calm down and be a little bit less anxious during the day, but it was also kind of a visualizing exercise for me of like, someday I will have this, someday I will be able to do this both uh, financially and logistically and also psychologically, someday I will be ready to make this move. And, you know, with any big life change, there's no denying that there are going to be hurdles to overcome and they might feel impossible. Uh, but half of that mental decluttering process, deciding what you don't give a fuck about, is honestly asking yourself what is and isn't important to you. And it sounds like for now, this listener has decided that her family's stability, financial and otherwise, um, you know, the kids staying in school and whatnot, is more important than her personal desire to move to the tropics. So in my view, you can accept that truth and move forward in finding ways to improve the life you do have. Um, you can take a warm weather trip that you can afford. Um, if it's within reach, you could take a single beach day built into your life for self-care. I mean, I live five minutes from the beach now, and I don't get there nearly as often as I intend to because life gets in the way. So sometimes I really have to force myself to do it. Um, you could get a potted palm tree for your bedroom. Uh, you could get a set of those little paper umbrellas for when you make drinks at home in the summer. Um, and something that I actually did, I got my credit card customized with a beach photo uh, so that every time I pulled it out, I was thinking about what it could get me. I was thinking about the miles that I was earning by using it. I was thinking about whether I really should make the purchase I was about to make or maybe that money would be better spent uh, put toward my goal of moving to the tropics. So again, I know that there is financial privilege inherent in everything that I've said, but I'm hoping that what I've been able to do is kind of break it down into these really small things that can make you feel better about where you are right now uh, and can help you get a little bit closer to your goal, even if that's just psychologically closer to your goal. Uh, you could get a really fun pineapple print um, sheet set for your bedroom, and that could just feel good. Personally, I got a bunch of fun tropical print socks when I had to go on book tour in the UK in January, and I knew it was just going to be so cold that it was going to make me feel better about having palm trees on my socks. I don't know, guys, what can I say? This is the kind of hard-hitting, medically sound uh, advice that you come to the No Fucks Given podcast for. But uh, if you eventually decide, you know what? I still really want to be in the tropics and I'm feeling ready to explore what that would entail. You can do it. You know, it's going to be icky and it's going to be challenging uh, right now, but you can do it in those small manageable chunks. And I don't want to minimize or dismiss frustration with those of us who seem to have it all or who have fewer hurdles to jump through to get it. Uh, I don't want to minimize that at all. 
But my whole deal, my whole Serenite anti-guru deal is harnessing what you can control and accepting what you can't and then making shit happen. I know that not everybody has the resources to pursue their dreams, and it kills me to have to issue that caveat all the time. I don't have all of the answers for all of the people, um, but I do hope that I have some of the answers for some of the people who just need you know, impartial perspective and suggestions for ways to give and not give fucks in a way that changes their lives for the better, even incrementally. So I hope that this has been helpful for everyone who's listening. I hope that those two people who sent me those questions to the You Asked For It column tuned into this episode and heard what I had to say and know that I have heard them. Um, I'm going to skip my usual recap this week because today's episode was more of a free-form discussion and less of a tip-tip-tip kind of bullet point deal. Um, And I'm just going to go straight to my NFG tip of the week. And this one is simple and to the point, and it encompasses the whole no-fucks-given philosophy and also the idea that however you fall on the scale of privilege and whatever the circumstances of your life are, the tip is a fuck not given is something gained. So if you go back and you think about your time, energy, and money, your fuck bucks, and you don't spend those things on something that you don't care about, it means that you have a surplus now of time, energy, and money that you have regained that you can spend on something you do give a fuck about. And I hope that that is a universal message that can be applied across all of my listeners and readers, that a fuck not given is something gained. So that's going to do it for episode 17, my little fucklings. Uh, To be totally honest with you, I'm not sure what's coming up next week. Uh, My life is in a little bit of chaos right now, and I haven't planned ahead. So in the meantime, check out those back episodes. Five and six of the No Fucks Given podcast have ideas on getting motivated, organizing, and making changes large and small, even if they seem daunting, using small manageable chunks. Episodes 10 and 11 for much more on self-care and mental health. And those once-a-month You Asked For It audio advice columns 4, 8, 12, and 16, where I have, um, in the past, responded to questions about getting out of a job or other situation you hate or rewarding yourself for persevering and also offered many, many ways to not give a fuck that are neither expensive nor terribly time-consuming most of them involve saying the word no, which is usually free. Um, Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys coming on this journey with me. Uh, If you liked what you heard, please leave me a rating or a review. It really helps discoverability of the podcast. If you're not already, you can follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always visit nofucksgivenguides.com for the show notes, downloads of things I might mention, all of the info you could ever want on my No Fucks Given guides, and signing up for my newsletter. Until next week, I'm Sarah Knight, No Fucks Given, Not Sorry. Sorry.